I just want to thank God for all of those that the Lord has given to us. The Lord has given, you know, one reason I know the Lord is getting ready to do something wonderful. It's really two ways. One way is, is the Lord is building an army. He's building. I mean, God's given us such generals in the faith here. God's rallied together. God has given us a just a new enlistment of new ministers, too. I mean, same thing. He's given us a just a new group of young ministers that God is raising up. Aren't you so thankful? Such adequate ministers and such powerful ministers God is God's given to us. And and then God is rallying troops together. So I can tell. And then the second way that I know that God's getting ready to do something because he's fight, because the enemy's fighting you so hard. That's the way to know. It's, it's not because you're doing wrong. I just really won't. I come this morning with them, try to help us to find an explanation for you or make some sense out of the nonsense that you've been going through. But at the, at the same sense, because the enemy is fighting you so hard, it lets me know that God is getting ready to do something Amen. so wonderful and so miraculous. Amen. Amen. And God's going to help. And I do believe this. God can win for you to where he can bring peace on all of your borders. How would you like to get up one morning and find peace everywhere? <laughs> God worked everything out for you. Well, I believe that's the season that the Lord is getting ready to unfold in your life. But it's like the enemy's got one last chance to try to ditch it. <laughs> and the only way he can ditch it is try to ditch you. But you just fool him. You just stand up in the midst of whatever you're going through. And you just say, God, I'm dependent on you. And my trust is in the Lord. And I'm just going to hold on to the Lord. I'm just going to watch God do. Amen. Amen. Praise Lord. And I'm just so thankful, though. I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful for the new uh, ministers and ministries that God is raising up here. And, and one of them is going to be ministering to you tonight. Brother Stephen. Uh, Yarborough is going to be ministering to you tonight. I tell you, Stephen is such a, him and Amanda and their whole wonderful family, they're such a joy. They are such a joy to this church. And, and I've been at church at a lot of different places in the last few days. And in the process, I tell you what, we've got, we've got one of the very best praise and worship teams, I believe, anywhere that God, but, <clears throat> But let me tell you that it's more, Brother Stephen and Amanda, they hold more a position than just a praise leader. They are our praise director, meaning this. They have taken on their heart and the title to be able to help this church go to new levels. Because wherever God starts, whatever direction God's leading us, God sends praise first. Judah always goes first. And so God sends praise first. When we could feel that God was really wanting to do something like this about a year, really about a year and a half ago, then I approached Brother Stephen and I, I asked him if he would consider moving into a praise director instead of just being a praise leader to move into praise director. And that means this. That means he has taken on the... Ministry to where if you just need to get worship going in your devotion time, he's the guy that's anointed to help you. Or if, you, or if you've got a desire to play an instrument, you've got a desire to worship the Lord, 
and youth especially, they have talent, but it don't usually start with talent. It usually starts with desire. Amen. If you've got a desire to it, then he's, God has anointed him to help you to move forward in that area. Praise the Lord. And prior to that, Stephen and Amanda, not only did they lead praise here, but they also headed up our youth. And they headed up our youth wonderfully for a number of years. I want to give us a, a praise offering for the work of the Lord that they did there. And, uh, and I, I was just thinking in early service, I just kind of took it down memory lane. I started remembering uh, back through some of our youth ministers how God had all, had all through it, he had uniquely and wonderfully had given us such wonderful youth ministers, helped train up our youth. How many of you are proud of our youth? Man, you love them. Amen. Aren't, aren't, this morning, they were right here in the midst of that sound. They was part of that sound that God was creating here was our youth. Uh, but we go back. Stephen and Amanda took over the youth ministry from Stephen in India, uh, my son-in-law and my daughter, and Stephen and Andy. In fact, Stephen will be back here this month to minister to you. Or next month. I, I keep thinking September. Stephen will be back here to minister for us. But they took over from, from them. And uh, prior to that, we had, anybody remember David Wathall? Uh, David and Brandy, that pastors a powerful church here now, Thrive Church, they were our youth pastors. And so some of your memory goes back into there. And then if we kept on, then I'd really tell how old you are. Uh, back and up there. But God's given us some wonderful. And tonight, Stephen is going to be preaching for us, not only leading in praise. So give him another hand. You're expecting God to just mightily, <coughs> mightily move. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to talk to you just a few minutes. I only have about like 20 something minutes here to talk to you. And I want to, I want to talk to you about trying to help you make sense of some of the things that you've been going through. And I'll try to help you to discern possibly what's happened. Uh, and I want to talk to you in the vein of the call of God. I want to talk to you about the call of God, God calling you. And if you don't have some idea of the call of God on your life or on your family, if you don't have the sense of that, then I, I tell you, you will not be able to make sense of the battles. They, they would just be, I was telling them in early service this morning, you're just like in a, a pinball machine, <laughs> I mean, you bump around from bumper to bumper. You know, you feel like that sometimes, right? You feel like, man, you're in this game of life and you're just getting bumped and it knocks you way over here to another bumper and you bump over there and knocks you, just keeps knocking you around. Well, that's not the intention of the Lord. The intention of the Lord is that you would have an understanding of the call of God on your life and you would have an understanding to know that the devil is coming after that calling. All of a sudden, battles make a lot more sense and strategy against those become a lot stronger. And all of a sudden, you're not around questioning, what did I do wrong? You'd be saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm doing right and we're going to win this thing for the glory of God. So it's just real important to have an understanding of the call of God. So in the Bible this morning, I want there's several points that we could just jump off from this morning. But uh, there's, there's a certain wordage that's found so many times in the Bible. In fact, in the Gospels, it's found over and over and over again, the same wordage. Uh, but it's also found in the book of Acts, and it's also found in Paul's epistles. But this wordage, that just simply says this. It says, but Jesus called them to himself. Jesus called them to himself. As Jesus began to call, his disciples began to call him, that word, that Jesus called them. 
And I want to tell you that the calling of God is real. That you're just not in this thing. You didn't just get saved and you're just going to try to make the best of it until one day you're going to get to go to heaven. There is a call of God on every person that's here this morning. Every person that Jesus has given call to, there is a call of God on your life. And the sooner you recognize it and the sooner you accept that responsibility of it, the quicker things will make sense of what you're fighting against. Now, there's a call of God, I believe, on us individually. There's a call of God on us as a family. There's a call of God on us as a church. And there's a call of God on us as the kingdom. They're not different calls of God. They're the same. They're more, they're deeper measures of the very same calling. So I'm going to talk to you. I've got six little uh, answers. I announced in the early service this morning, I had seven answers for them. And so just immediately when service is over, Jeremy came up and he said, Dad, it said, your point is to have six and you announced seven. I said, yeah, but the last minute I took one and put two into one. <laughs> so anyway, there, there's six little things I just want to talk to you about to help you a little bit understand the call of God on your life. So would you want you to just say this with me? Thank you, Lord, that you've called me. See, it's very important for you to recognize that call because God has first called. The first calling that God puts on our life, God calls us to Himself. Our God calls us to know Him. That is the first calling that God puts on any of our lives. It's the calling to know Him. Now, and I pray that it had a supernatural and a spiritual origin to it. If it didn't, then you need to do it again or you need to allow it to have a spiritual origin to it. You need to allow the call of God. When God called you to Himself, He called you out of sin. He called you out of problems. He called you out of the difficulty. That you understand that that, that call of God, it has spiritual origin. Amen. That it's so easy. And in modern day church, I, I mean, I, I get real concerned. Because it's just kind of like gang mentality. We can just go along with the gang. I know about that because I remember as a teenager. When I was a, as a teenager, we would have like two revivals that would come to the town every year. And during those revivals, I guarantee you there'd be one guy that was probably going to walk that out, had a gang mentality. And a lot of times we can get saved that way. And really have no spiritual origin to our relationship. So I just want you to think about it, that if possibly... That you got in by accident, so to speak. Or if you got in because it was just part of the game. Or it was just part of my difficulty. Because, see, it's important. You you cannot come to God unless God calls you. God must initiate the move of God in your life. And so that's why Jesus said He called them to Him. Or that He called them to know Him. If you had an understanding of the call of God, then there's certain things that you know. It wasn't an, an enticement to get in the ministry. It wasn't an enticement to do the great moves of God. It wasn't an enticement to get rich. It wasn't an enticement. It, an, it was an enticement to know God. And there came birthing into you at the point that God called you, something supernaturally happened in you. And there become a desire. Everybody say a desire. There God created a desire in me to know Him. To know His Word. I told him in the early service this morning, I remember that so well. I came to the Lord back in the, back in the days when there was a great move of God that took place across this land. And in the, in the, uh, in the process of coming to the Lord, man, I, I, I remember that drastic desire change. 
I remember I, I accepted the Lord, and the first person, Shirley, sitting here this morning, she's the first person I ever confessed Jesus to. On a Saturday night, I confessed her, confessed the Lord that I was saved. I didn't even know what that meant. I really didn't. I had, I had stumbled up on a Billy Graham on television, and I stumbled in there, and, but it was something in my heart for the first time, although I'd walked the aisles before when the town would. <laughs> but it never took hold in me. But that night, it has spiritual origin. God was calling me. And something was birthed in me. It was such a desire. In fact, the desire was so strong. Also, I had a desire, man. I can't tell you. I mean, it was almost funny. I was crazy with it. I mean, I had a desire to know God, know about God. I'd say, well, why are they crying? Why, why are they praying? Why are they? I mean, it was this huge desire to understand God. I'd never had anything like that, nothing about anything in my whole life. In fact, it was such, it was so crazy that a mem- members of my family called the college I was going to, and this is what they said. You've got a student there, Jerry Abels. He's overdosed on drugs. True. He called and told them. That was their only explanation that they could understand for this huge amount of difference that all of a sudden took place in my life. And it wasn't that I knew anything. It was just, man, it was just this birthing of this tremendous desire to know God. Amen. And you that, you that have been called of God and you've answered that call of the Lord. See, God initiated. You didn't initiate. You didn't get saved when you wanted to get saved. Somebody said, well, I made this. No, you didn't make it, honey. You just think you did. And you probably think you're the boss of your house too, don't you? But... Uh, <laughs> But the, but the thing about you didn't initiate that. God initiated that. God initiated that calling. And it has spiritual origin to it. And, and God called you. What we did, we respond to the Lord's calling us. And that response. And because if you've had that, there's, there's three things that you've learned about God. It's this, it's this desire to know God. One thing that you've realized is that God is a walking God. Uh, that's what he said. First revelation of, of God to man. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, when he's talking to, about Adam and Eve, said they heard God's voice walking in the cool of the day. Amen. He's a walking God. Now, you that really have had this call of God in your life, you understand that because you understand that God's not satisfied with just being a Sunday meter. You understand God wants to walk with you every day. Walk with you through everything that you go through. And God wants to help you. You know that. And He is a walking God. He wants to walk with you. I'm telling you, that's a word of the Lord for somebody here this morning. That you feel, you've really felt alone in your battle. And God wants you to know you're not alone in that battle. I'm there walking with you through this thing for His glory. He's a walking God. But not only is he a walking God, he's a talking God. I called him in early service, Chatty Cathy. But he's a walking... Now, now, some of you have no idea who Chatty Cathy was. How many remember Chatty Cathy? Okay, all right, girls. All right, girls. You, you old, you old. <laughs> that, uh, but he is a walking, talking God. And it's so important that that's why the desire is in you. To be able to hear the voice of God. That's not created by you. 
That, that's not you standing on the sidelines and, and watching people that hear God and, and you just... That, that desire came from God. That was a spiritual origin. God birthed that in your heart because God wants to walk with you and He wants to talk with you. That's what it said, that Adam heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. Heard the voice of God. That's what God wants you to do. And you know, one of the greatest things in the world is the first time you ever hear God call your name. I pray every person in this building has experienced that. If not, there is a desire in you. I cannot tell you what that does inside your life. The moment that you hear God call your name. It will build a strength in you. It will build an assurance in you. It will also build a commitment in you that nothing in all the world will be a substitute for that. When you realize that God called my name, He knows me. I will never face anything by myself again. I'll never be on an island alone again. I will never be out there with no help again. God knows my name. (laughs) And it's contagious. Because when you hear God call your name, you want to hear Him call it again. And you want to hear Him call it again. And then you find that God begins to change your name. See, I used to be sad Jerry. Now I'm happy Jerry. (laughs) See, I used to be mad Jerry. Now I'm glad Jerry. And you find that in your growth of the Lord, that God will begin to change you because that's what the voice of the Lord does in all of our life. That's why he, that's God walking with us through the dilemmas. You're not handling that by yourself. All you've got to do is listen to that voice. Man, the Lord, the third thing that God is, not only is He a walking God, talking God, He's a hugging God. Now, you big old burly guys, you're going to find a problem with that. But I'm going to tell you what, God's a hugging God. Boy, I'm a hugger. I'm, I'm, I'm a natural hugger. I say a natural. I believe it's supernatural origin. But, but I'm a hugger. And I, I, I hug so much that I forget sometimes where I am and who I'm with. And sometimes I'll be out doing worldly things with, with just big old burly guys, you know. Maybe they're having me do something. Or something. And also, man, we'll be talking, having a good time. And when we go, I say, well, I love you now. Reach out my arm and put it around the, usually their big old beer bellies, you know, how you do it. You, you put it around them. And all of a sudden, they go, oh! <laughs> but you know what? I learned he's a hugging God. See, because there was a time in my life that I walked so much away from God that I found myself eating with the pigs and living in the pig pen. That's where I found myself. But God let me know inside my heart that I could return to my father's house. That my dad had more than enough. So as it speaks of in the Bible, I got all my excuses ready. 
had all my excuses lined up why I had done what I did. <laughs> but I thought that I would get to the picket fence, you know. And I would have to tell Dad, just let me be one of your servants. Because I've wasted everything. But you know something? I didn't have to wait to the picket fence. Because my dad saw me coming a long way off, the Bible says. And when he saw me coming, he came running. <laughs> and the Bible says, he ran. He fell on me. He fell on my neck and hugged me. And the Bible says he began to kiss me. See, I know my daddy's a hugger. Now, I'm not talking to people that don't, they're not comfortable with that. I'm not talking about that. But I am saying this. God must bring you into a relationship with him. To where that he can hug on you. And where you can take all the problems of your life. And you can bury them in his breast. Because that's what he's called you to do. He's not called you to be able to make it on your own. <laughs> he's not calling Believe it or not, he didn't call you because you're so smart. <laughs> and you can just ask your wife. He didn't call you because you're so handsome either. He called you because he loved you. And so God's called you to do that. So the first wonderful way that God's expressed his love to us is this marvelous and this miraculous call. That God has called me to know Him. And that's where it starts. It still starts in that supernatural origin. That's, that's where it must start. It don't start with what you're going to do for God. Or what you're going. I mean, some people, they get up from the altar of salvation. Well, I want to do this for God. Done here, honey. That comes as part of the calling. But it's not a different calling. It will be a strengthening of that same calling. There will be a time where you will begin to sense things that you will need to do for God. But it first starts off with you just getting the heart of God. And so God has called you to know Him. Amen? Now, there's such powerful, powerful things to know that, that once I begin to respond to that, uh, in the book of John, chapter 18, it says, For this reason, Jesus, an explanation of what's going on in His life, is that for this reason I was born. For this very reason. For this very reason to be able to come to a place of, of realizing, understanding what God's. Everybody says, so I was called to know God. I was called, called to know God that He's a walker, He's a talker, and He's a hugger. Amen. Then the second thing is that I was called to live close to God. I'm amazed at how many of us we fail to understand that. God's called us to live close to Him. You understand? God has not called you to do your own thing. Go your own way. Do your own might. God's not called him. God's not called him for you to get up on Monday and forget about God until Sunday again. God's not. God's called you to live close to him. Now, there's so many powerful scriptures, but I'll sum it up in this. Do you know how many times that over and over in the new scriptures, the Bible says, when Paul is writing to a group of believers, he usually begins it this way. This is written... To those who are called to be saints. 
I'm going to tell you what. You're not only called to know God, you're called to be a saint. And the word saint originates from the word sanctified. What that means is set apart. You live life differently. You're not trying to get by with things anymore. That's not the way God's called you to live. You're trying your best to live as close to God as you possibly can. And then as you endeavor to live close to God, then the next next time around, He strengthens you to live even into a closer place with Him. And then God strengthens you to live even a closer place. I can, I can laugh and I look back and I remember Lane and I coming through all this process and still going through this process. But I never thought that girl would ever quit cursing. I mean, man, she would cuss up a blue streak and then she would be so repentant. <laughs> oh, be so sorry for it. And you know, not one time, not one time did God walk up to her and say, you dirty, low-down woman, you get out of here. No, every time God would just give her the sense of assurance to know, I'm going to strengthen you above that thing. I'm going to heal that thing. So there finally came a day where she didn't curse anymore. I'm so thankful. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hard to be a pastor and have a cursing wife. I mean, that'd be, that'd be really difficult. <laughs> But God's called us to be a saints. That's why over and over in Scripture, throughout the New Testament, throughout Paul's writing, it's dealing with how we live, how we think. In fact, the Bible says, that as I become more acquainted with God's Word, the more my life will prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The more God can change me, the more my life proves what is the will of God. And it also proves what the calling of God is. In fact, the Bible says that I'm to make full assurance of my calling and my election. In fact, the Bible says, one verse says, give all diligence to it. It's like we come to the Lord and, and we come to the Lord and we know God. And then, you know, how, how it is when you first come to the Lord, you make so many mistakes, you don't really know whether you're supposed to testify you're a Christian or not. Because you don't want everybody to think, you know, I mean, no, it's the process of God at work. You come to Him and you know Him. And then you determine, I'm going to live close to Him. And then you begin to exclude things from your life. When anything runs competition with God in your life, there's only one thing a believer does. Puts it out of his way. That's right. When things come approach to us that run in competition to God in our life, we set those things aside until, maybe forever, you know, there are certain things, there are certain weaknesses in my life that for now I've been serving the Lord for 40-something years. During 40-something years, those things have to still stay out of my life. I'm not saying they have to stay out of your life, but they have to stay out of my life because they will destroy me. And your desire to live close to God and the passionate desire that you have to live, live close to God, that passion and that fire, praise the Lord. The third thing is... And then we're closing. We're called to God forever. Everybody say forever. This is a divine destiny. This is a spiritual inheritance thing. See, God's calling. I said earlier that, you know, you don't get called to God to know Him. And then later on you get called to God to be a missionary. And then later on you get called to God to be a pastor. That's not the way it works. It becomes the strengthening of the same call. First, it starts out, see, you're a lousy pastor if you don't know God. <laughs> you don't do much on mission field either if you don't know God. See, it starts off with that calling to know Him. 
And then it comes that calling to live close to Him. And then there begins to be that response to the Lord then. You realize, man, this is forever. And you make decisions in your life that are forever decisions. I will always serve God. I will never turn my back on Him. I will always stand up for God. I will trust Him through every situation I face. I will never face anything that I will not trust God to carry me through that for the glory of God. And it became an eternal destiny. In fact, when the Bible talks about it, it it calls it a spiritual inheritance. It becomes something. It becomes a torch of fire in our hand. The call of God. It becomes a torch of fire in our hand that we know there's this sense I must give this torch to somebody else that when I die, that torch will continue to burn because what God has started in me will last forever for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So it becomes a destiny process. It becomes... It becomes this spiritual thing. What God and then you become defensive. I said earlier that if you understand the call of God that God has on your life, it makes sense of the battles. And then you make you you understand that the devil's doing everything he can to put your torch out. And you're stupid if you're going to let him pour water on a torch that God's given to you. You take your torch and you hold it up high and you say, "I refuse to let the devil snuff it out, and I refuse to let the devil drown it out. I'm going to walk with." God, I'm going to pass what God does in my life. I'm going to pass it into somebody else for the glory of God. And then all of a sudden life becomes sensible because then we realize if I'm not called to stand in a pulpit, I'm called somewhere. Then we realize that not only does I'm called to know God, I'm, I'm called to have a mission of the Lord. And God strengthens you to wear that torch and, and that and that, that may be working at that company on Monday. It may, but there's a torch. That torch never goes out. And, and all of a sudden, the jobs, all of a sudden, that they make a completely different realm of sense to you. All of a sudden, because there's a reason why I must go out there. There's a reason why I must live the right testimony in front of those that I work with. There is a reason that I must trust God. There's a reason that I must put joy in my heart. There is a reason. Because the reason is, God has sent me on a mission. God has put something in my heart, and it burns so bright, and God sent me on a mission. And I've got to try to give this torch to as many people as I can. In fact, the Bible says it this way. The disciple says, didn't your heart burn? Didn't your heart burn when he began to talk to you? See, that's what I'm saying. It's not different calling. It's the same calling. Because that same one, know God, to hear God, to walk with God, to hug on God. That same one now all of a sudden a fire because he hears God. That fire burns in him. I don't know about you, but I just really pray you're not letting that fire go out. Because you're called to be a stoker of the fire in your life. That fire is a holy fire. It's given by God. And you know, they could never let, you know, God lit the fire in the tabernacle and they could never, ever let it go out. In fact, David kept 32,000 men employed (laughs) to make sure 
See, because David knew without God, nothing works. I can play this religious thing. I can, I can play with it. I can do all it. But unless I got him really in my heart, nothing in my life is going to work. I mean, everything's going to fly apart because he's the glue. Somebody say, he's the glue that holds it all together. He's the one that keeps it together is the Lord. And in the process of that, we have to keep that fire burning in our heart. Amen. Amen. Let me just mention the other and then we'll close. The next, this, oh, pardon me. The fourth one is the call of God must die. I don't have time to talk about it. But Jesus said, unless that corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. Your call will have to die to everything in the natural because, see, God's going to bring a dependency on you in the spirit. And your dependency cannot be on what you can muster up. Your dependency will have to be on God. And so it must die. The fifth thing is, every call must have added to it and then God. I was going down. And then God came. Yes. The devil had me right where he wanted me. Then God came. Yes. If your calling is going to mean anything to anybody and especially to the Lord, your calling is going to have to be tied through the midst of the battles that will come against that calling. And that's where most of you are right now. You have a calling of God on your life and the battle and the enemy and it's put a big bullseye upon your life. And you need to get out of that corner and quit asking what you're doing wrong. God, why are you letting this happen to me? And to realize this God has allowed this battle because this battle is going to bring an increased anointing on my life. This battle is going to increase God in my life to word that the will of God will be able to be accomplished through me for the glory of God. It's of no accident, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness right where the devil was. God has allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you to a place that right where the devil has prepared an attack against you. But honey, you hold on. Because it's not dependent on you. You're going to come out of this and with an and then God. You're going to come out of this by knowing that I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it happen. Because God is then going to begin to send you on missions for Him. And when God applies your calling and puts a mission to it, all of a sudden God's dependency on you is not going to be on you to provide for it, you to make it happen, you to pay for it, or you to be the power of it. Your dependency is going to be on God and for God to make it work for the glory of God. 
Because if you believe it or not, honey, your calling is supernatural. And it's backed by a supernatural God. And it has supernatural power associated with it. And God's going to prove that it is a supernatural calling by the needs that you're going to go through to get there to have it. Amen. Amen. I'm with you tonight, this morning. We want to real quickly deal with this. Jerry, my fire, the devil's trying his best to put my fire out. But I'm just determined. I'm not going to let it go out. I'm going to make a commitment to the Lord this morning to begin to stoke my fire back up. That the fire that God put on the altar of my heart, I'm determined, is going to burn. No devil is big enough to put it out. No problem is hard enough to stop it. There's no amount of drowning that the devil is going to be able to bring into my life. I'm going to keep this fire going. But if you've had an attack against the fire of God in your life, would you quickly stand right where you're seated at right now? If you've had an attack, if you've had an attack, if you've had an attack with the devil trying his best, trying his best to take the fire of God out of your life. Well, you just you just need to look at that lousy devil and say, I'm just going to keep burning. In fact, I'm going to burn a little bit more because you've attacked me. I'm going to burn. <laughs> I'm going to burn. 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 I'm going to let this fire that God's put in me, I'm not going to let it go out. I'm going to keep it burning for the glory of God. Then you've got to live up to the commitment. If that call of God is ever going to be anything in your life, what you make toward the Lord this morning, if you tell God you're going to keep it burning, then you've got to determine to walk out of here and keep it burning. You can't let anybody snuff it out. You can't let the devil bring enough problems. You can't get discouraged to the point that you're going to give up. You can't quit. You've got to determine. I'm going to keep this fire burning for the glory of God. Amen. Let's take our hands, raise them toward the sky right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we just stand before you, Lord, we just determine that the fire of God that you've put in our hearts, that that fire will continue to burn. Lord, you have a calling of God on our life. You've called me first to know you, Lord, and I'm determining I'm going to know you more. You've called me, Lord, to not only know you, to live close to you. I'm tired of living close to the world. I'm tired of living close to the devil. I want to live close to God. And, Lord, I'll make a commitment right now to you. I want to get those things out of my life that you don't want. I want to get those things into my life that you want there. I want to live close to God for the glory of the Lord. And then, Lord, I'm determined that that fire is going to keep burning. And, Lord, and I'm going to run this race. I'm going to run this race that's been set before me. And, Lord, I'm determined. I'm going to take this torch one day. And I'm going to pass it into that next generation. I'm going to pass it into somebody. I'm going to pass it into their hands. That this torch will forever burn for the glory of God. Now, Lord, I give you praise. And I give you glory for it. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks, Lord.